Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, Montana, we went through yesterday at length the dismantling that they suffered at the hands of Sacramento State. Uh, obviously, coming out of that game, Dalton Sneed's injury, a significant uh, uh, factor. And again, he is he is not practicing uh, today. He did not practice yesterday. Thursday, Friday, kind of see how it is. Bobby Houck said two things. He said he, he thinks it's doubtful that Dalton Sneed will be playing on Saturday versus EWU. He also said, however, he's not a guy who needs a lot of reps to be ready to go. So if he's physically able to be out there, seems like probably he's the guy that will be out there for Montana. We'll see. I am for I for one am sort of operating under the presumption, the working assumption that Cam Humphrey is going to be the starting quarterback for Montana come Saturday at noon. Really? Yes. I thought yesterday that the reason that Bobby Houck said anything about Dalton Seed was to ensure that Eastern Washington prepared for two quarterbacks. I agree that I think Cam Humphrey will play, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Dalton Seed did. I mean, getting Eastern to prepare for two quarterbacks and actually playing two quarterbacks are two different things. I mean, there's no reason that you have to do it. My, here, here's what I uh, the, the, the no, I'm not saying they're going to play two quarterbacks. I'm just saying they want Eastern to prepare for two quarterbacks. Okay. That's what coaches do. Okay, but I still think that Cam Humphrey is going to start on Saturday. Like he's going to be the guy, and I don't think, I, I think agree. Dalton State is not going to play. I agree. I'm just saying that it's not. It will. It will not surprise me one bit if Dalton State does play. Okay. I mean, he, he might. Is, I'll tell you this: if Dalton State can't play, he will play. No doubt. <laughs> I think that Dalton State will check himself into the game. Yeah, no doubt. If he is in his pads, he will play. But I don't think he will. That's all I'm saying. It's just a one man's opinion. Okay, I don't think he's going to be out there. 
Uh, did you find it interesting that Bobby talked about it? No. Because, first of all, he, did, he still didn't talk about the injury. He hasn't addressed anything. But he hasn't addressed even so many coaches now. It's so funny because when Hauk was here the first time around, he used to give these like extensive injury reports. But that was before... It was a different day and age, right? The, the, a whole bunch of HIPAA stuff came down the pipeline, and I think actually the coaches were... So now, I don't really know what the complete specifics of it is, but players are given a release form, basically, that says if people like head coaches can talk about their injuries or not. And I remember at the, the end of the Rob Ash years, he would always say, I'm not sure if that guy signed his waiver or not, so I can't talk about it. Mm. And, and then it just became policy as a CYA operation, just we're not going to talk about injuries, not because we're so worried about the, the other team having some special information, but because as a matter of regulations, because it's an issue related to health, it's all, you know, right. doctor, client, uh, you know, right. privilege and all of that. So when Bobby Huck during fall camp says, we don't do injuries here. If you ask me again, we're done. You guys can't come to practice anymore. But then he gets up and talks about Dalton Steed. Obviously, most visible player on the team. He's the quarterback. He's a senior. He's a captain. Everybody saw him go down. Everybody saw him on TV, on the sidelines, on crutches. So I get all that. I just thought it was interesting. I think that there's more gamesmanship to him talking about it directly than we're letting on. But he's also hurt. That's a fact. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just not reading into it that much. First of all, he didn't talk about the injury. He didn't talk about it at all. He simply talked about availability. Right, but he, there's no simply about it. He's never done that. He's not done that one time since he's been back. Well, he hasn't had a quarterback go down. That's a good point. And if he wouldn't, he, he first of all, the reason I think that he said it was specifically so that there would not be questions about it because he said, to preface that, this is my one statement about the quarterback. But then he talked about it two other times. No, he didn't. He was asked about Cam Humphrey. When then he interjected a thing about Dalton Seed again. Mm-hmm. To reemphasize that he's doubtful he would play, but we'll see. Okay. I'm just saying there's more gamesmanship. There's always more to it than, than what meets the eye, right. I guess. That's right. He it's just like Jeff Chill will never talk about injuries until it serves him because it's a key player that's hurt. Or he could talk about Troy Anderson being tougher than Dalton Steed. Like he did. He could do whatever. But, I mean, I don't understand the point. So what? There's no point. I'm just asking you what your thought was. I hate conversations with no points. The, the point is that Dalton Sneed's not, in my mind, out for this game. I think he's doubtful, but I don't think that means he's out. And I'm saying that... Well, doubtful doesn't mean he's out. Out means he's out. Right, but I don't... I'm just saying there... I just think that there's a chance that he's going to play. Okay. Okay, carry on next. Eastern Washington, 3-4 and four on the season. They're coming off a bye. Eric Berrier, 7th in passing yards in the FCS. They lost to Sacramento State three weeks ago, 48-27. Much the same type and uh, breadth of loss that Montana suffered to the same team this past week. Um, last time they faced off, Eastern Washington in Missoula in September of 2017. You might remember this game. The Grizz, huge lead, surprise lead. They were under uh, underdogs big time in this football game against Eastern Washington and were up big at halftime. And then Eastern Washington came out, score, stop, score, turnover score, if I remember correctly, and just boat raced Montana in the second half. It ended up being a competitive game Ultimately, 48-41, the final, but Eastern Washington did win that game. 42 points in the second half 
to come back from a 24-6 deficit at halftime uh, for the Eagles. And that was the last time these two teams played. I'm very happy that they're playing again. How many rivals can you possibly have? But it just is crazy to me that Montana would not be playing Idaho, Eastern Washington, and Montana State every year. Now, they are playing as, they, of course, they're playing Montana State every year. And Idaho was assigned to Montana as its secondary rival, so at least for the foreseeable future, that game will be played every year as it should be. Eastern Washington should just be a standing date. It should just be a standing date with Montana, period. And so, uh, you know, I understand with 13 teams, you can't just assign half of the league schedule away every single year to, you know, for one team. But it, it, it seems crazy to me. But I'm glad that this game is being played. I can't wait for this thing. Colton, you and I are going to be down uh, live on location doing uh, the pregame show at 1030 a.m. We'll be on the air on Saturday morning. Jason to the Walking Bridge. Come by, say hi, and uh, hang out with us for a little while on, uh, on Saturday morning as well. Let's hear from Bobby Hout. He had some things to say uh, about this uh, football game. In fact, most of what he said on Monday was in relation to it. Here is Bobby Howe talking about uh, Eastern Washington. We'll get to this in just a moment. Bobby Howe, you know, covering the Monday press conference, looking forward into the glass at Eastern Washington. And, you know, when he's a guy who hasn't even played Eastern Washington yet since he's been back, when he looks at this team, Coulter, what do you think that he sees in general? Because he's very complimentary of Aaron Best. Now, it's the standard now. You know, coaches always got to say how great the other team is coached, whether or not they actually think it or not or whatever. But he did go out of his way to say, hey, I like Aaron Best personally. This, And we'll hear that. You know, he's like, he's. Uh, I like it when offensive linemen become head coaches because they instill an element of toughness, toughness and all that. But this is a huge game for Montana coming off of what just happened uh, against Sacramento State. For sure. And without... Eastern Washington has certainly struggled more than people had expected this year, but also, much like UC Davis, does that mean they're bad? Well, no. And we don't know what kind of team, really, to me, Eastern Washington's bringing into Washington Grizzlies Saturday. Well, and they, they've struggled. I, th- I think that sometimes a loss can stain your actual season. When you look at Eastern Washington at 3-4, and four, I think that's definitely down from where people expected, maybe, for a team that went to the national championship a year ago. But one loss is to Washington. So Eastern Washington is two and three against FCS competition. One of those losses is to Jacksonville State, who then I know turned around and lost two weeks later. So it diminished the loss. But Jacksonville State has quietly risen again. I had Jacksonville State at, at number fifteen in my poll this week. Jacksonville State uh, they lost to Southeast Missouri State, but Jacksonville State's still a, 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 a I'd say a top thirty team, a top twenty five team. It's, okay. it's not a terrible loss, right? And that's also a really tough place to play. I mean, Jacksonville State, they, there's 21,000 fans in that game. There's very few FCS places that draw 20,000 plus. Well, and especially when you're flying across the whole country. Right. I mean, you're in Alabama. And they lost 49-45. I mean, they blew the lead. They had a 28-7 lead, and they blew it. So, that, I mean, it's – but the, the loss that stained Eastern's resume is Idaho. I think everybody thought, oh, man, Eastern is so down this year because they lost to Idaho. Well, like I said on the FCS Speculators podcast earlier today, Idaho at home and Idaho on the road is a completely different animal. Idaho at home is three and one, including waxing Idaho State last week, including their one losses to Weber State, but they only lost by six. So Idaho is good at home. They're in fact, I think, really good at home. Their defense looked outstanding on Saturday. They had Matt struck at Idaho State flustered, but here nor there. I guess what I'm saying is you can't let that loss linger too much because everybody's had a hard time in the yeah. Kitty Dome this year. And then I think that Everybody thought, man, Eastern's really down. They're two and four. They lost, they got blown out by Sac State. 
Well, now we're seeing that that's not that bad of a loss either after the run Sac State's been on too. And then Eastern bounces back and beats Northern Colorado. So it's, it's still a kind of a wait and see. But like I keep saying, the Big Sky Conference race is wide open. And the fact that so many of these teams still have to play each other, Eastern Washington very well could still win the league title. Yeah, And that starts on Saturday in Missoula, just as Montana could still win the league title too. You asked me what Bobby Houck sees. Eastern lost 28 seniors from a year ago, but they still have one of, if not the most dynamic player at quarterback in the conference, maybe the country, in Eric Berrier. I thought the last six games of Eric Berrier's sophomore season was as good as it gets for a run-pass option quarterback who can also run the ball himself. I thought he was the most dangerous weapon in the country last year down the stretch. I voted him as my Big Sky Player of the Year, even with the reigning Player of the Year and Jake Mayer coming back at UC Davis. Antoine Custer, one of the most electric running backs in the league. He's had to split carries with Sam McPherson and Tameric Pierce and a whole bunch of other guys. Now he's the go-to dude, and he's he's proven it. I mean, I think he's second in the league in rushing. He's got over 500 yards, almost 600 yards and six touchdowns. Their skill players, not the same name brand guys. They don't have a Simba Webster or a Cooper Cup or a Kendrick Bourne. But Dre Dorton and Andrew Boston have both emerged as pretty darn good players. And the offensive line is actually the place where they didn't lose anybody. They only had one starter graduate from a year ago. So that's actually one of the most veteran units in the league. And that's actually probably the most underrated part about Eastern Washington and long has been is their offensive lines. That's why they've been able to have six different quarterbacks become Big Sky Conference MVPs because the guys stay cleaner than anybody in the league because they got the best pass-blocking offensive line in the country most years. So I think that even though Eastern did lose quite a few dudes, and then the, to accentuate the graduation of all those guys, you have DeHonta Hayes, who's your best player, your best defensive player probably, get shot in the offseason right around the Big Sky kickoff. Yeah. He's still getting back to 100% from that, but he's still their leading tackler. Keith Moore, your best defensive lineman, gets shot in that same incident. So he's still coming back from that. He's now playing. Those guys plus Dylan Ledbetter and Jim Towson, that's a pretty good defensive front. But then their best playmaker on defense, Chris Ojo, got hurt earlier this year. And he's now, I don't know his stats. We'll, we're going to talk to Ryan Collingwood from the Spokesman Review later on this week. Get a little bit more of an injury update from him. The reporters usually have more injury news than the coaches do that they're willing to share. Uh, but what I think what Coach Houck sees is still a team that has quite a bit of talent, especially at the skill positions, especially on the offensive line. Here's Bobby Houck himself talking about Eastern Washington this week. Big game this weekend against Eastern. Uh, it's a traditional matchup that people here have paid attention to, and and uh, it's a game of import here, and it's been that way for a long time. So we need to get back to work and get ready for them. They have a they have a really uh, good football team. Obviously, we all are aware that they played in the national championship game a year ago. Um, their offense is very skilled. It starts with the quarterback. Uh, Barry A's a dynamic, uh, special guy with the ball in his hands. I think they have really good skill. Always have good offensive linemen, including this year, and, and they're just tough to stop. They have a chance to uh, get away from people as they have at times this year. And then uh, their defense, they're solid and sound. Um, they do a lot of good things. I mean, we kind of expect a bunch of line games and movement out of them. Uh, they do some really good things. Um, the the safety Hayes uh, led better, and uh, um, uh are the guys that really pop off the film to me. So they've got good players. They're well coached. Be a tough game. 
He meant Sendelbach. Jack Sendelbach yeah. is the linebacker he's talking about, but I know who he's talking about. Number, number eight, he's a good player. Speaking of uh, being well-coached, here's what Bobby Houck had to say about his counterpart in this game, Aaron Best. Yeah, Aaron does a great job. Coach Best, is a, he's a good guy. He's a guy I enjoy uh, personally. Um, I like uh, when offensive line coaches or head coaches, they, uh, they tend to be tough-minded with their football team, which – you can see in Eastern, and then, you know, obviously they uh, had a, had a really fine year last year in terms of running all the way to the national championship game. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that we don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. So there you go. Bobby, how will he, you got a couple more things from him here in a moment, but go ahead, Colton. One tidbit that I think is interesting is Eastern Washington has such a Eastern Washington has such a defensive identity, or excuse me, pass-heavy identity because yep. of Bo Baldwin, because of all the great receivers that have come through there, because of the great quarterbacks. Well, actually, Mike Kramer, Paul Wolf, Aaron Best are all offensive linemen who are offensive line coaches who then became the head coach at Eastern Washington, and they were able to cultivate this whole identity. The back half of Paul Wolf's Time because he hired Bo Baldwin as the offensive coordinator. And the reputation and the identity of Eastern Washington is Bo Baldwin's by and large until it's not anymore. And I think we're getting to that point where it's now becoming more Aaron Best's. But it is interesting that that, it, that sort of that part of the story has sort of gone by the wayside. The mm. most NFL guys from Eastern Washington have been the offensive linemen. The most productive players, the all-league guys, the all-American guys, have actually more often than not been offensive linemen, and that's led to the proliferation of the rest of the offense one guy who i think fans uh should be excited to be able to watch on saturday is eric barrier he is uh as electric as it gets if you haven't seen him uh you're in for a treat uh the way that he has played he has not been as good this season as he was at the end of last season uh but what what he's capable of and some of the wow moments that he offers you second to none Ask Bobby Houck about this on Monday as well. Eric Berrier, one of the more athletic quarterbacks in the league. What what challenges he present, particularly with the, in the run game? Yeah, I would say he's the most athletic quarterback in the league. Um, he has uh, make you miss ability. He's got the ability to keep plays alive for a long time. Uh, you know, he just 
he's a dynamic guy with the ball in his hands, so he's he's kind of scary. Well, we watched him go 96 yards against Sac State, just pulled it down and went. You know, it's, uh, there's, there's a number of running quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference that are tremendously talented. Dalton Sneed, obviously. Kevin Thompson, certainly. Um, but Eric Berry is the one guy who is a, a, a true home run hitter as a quarterback with his legs. Totally. He can get out and, as Coach Houck said, go. <laughs> I guess it's just see you later. Whereas, you know, we've seen Dalton Sneed go for 30, 40, 50 yards. We've seen him run, you know, 60-yard touchdowns even when the play call has been right. Uh, and he is, I mean, he's a phenomenal runner of the football and a tough runner of the football and, uh, uh, you know, is, is is plenty fast from the position standpoint. But it's not like Eric Berrier. If Eric Berrier has light, if he sees space, it's going to hurt the defense big time. And it could even be six in the blink of an eye uh, when he when he has that spot. So uh, that's the one thing. It's, it's kind of the next level, I guess, when you talk about the athleticism, the speed of him running the football. Is he as good a thrower of the football? I mean, he's still pretty good thrower of the football. Uh, don't, don't underrate that part of his game. I think that he's one of the best throwers of the football in the league and in the country as well. Okay. So it'll be it'll be certainly fun to watch when you can run. I'm doing I'm doing working on a story right now. That I'm going to come out in the next week or two about the influence of the run-pass option principles and the actual details of that. Why is it so hard on defenses? People know, okay, now you have this play action where you're reading the outside and you could give to the running back if the read's right and he can get you the five, six yards in the inside zone, or you can pull it and throw that quick slant. People get that part. But when you can run a true zone read, so now the quarterback can fake the give or and keep or he can give, or and then when he keeps, then he can run and throw. It's it's impossible for the defense to actually get the right read, especially if you're operating at tempo and your line is blasting the opposing defensive line off mm-hmm. the ball. You cannot stop it. And it's why when Eastern got in that rhythm last year, I mean, Maine goes to Weber State and makes Weber State look like children. Mm-hmm. And Weber State is one of the biggest, meanest, toughest teams in the country, let alone the Big Sky Conference. And then Maine comes to Eastern Washington, and Eric Berry scores 50 on them in the first two and a half quarters right. because they were rolling so much. It puts so much pressure on the defense. And I think Dalton Sneed is a, a, a quarterback who can run. Kevin Thompson's a quarterback who can run. Barry is a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think, And he has not, does not have the rushing production that he has had. And I don't know what, why that is. I don't know if it's scheme. People are spying him. If he's just reluctant to run. They do have a new offensive coordinator, so it might be a, a fold in the offense. The play calling might not be on par, I'm not sure, but make no mistake, Coach Houck is correct. He's not just hyping this. It's not hyperbole. Eric Berry is the best athlete playing quarterback in the Big Side Conference. I thought your question about this being a rivalry was a great one. Here it is with the Coach Houck. Eastern Washington always talks about how they treat this as a rivalry game. Do you guys feel the same way? And if so, what do you think of just the rivalry that's developed between these two programs? Well, I think everybody treats us like a rivalry game. Historically, that's my... Uh take on it. I mean, you know, we watched the uh, post-game celebration last weekend down in Sacramento. That was, that was looked like the Super Bowl. They had a roof. They'd had confetti coming out of it. But, uh, you know, this is, this is always a big game, mostly because uh, both teams are generally pretty competitive. Bobby Howe gets a master of this. It is always and only about us. 100% of the time, 
No ifs, ands, or buts. We have no real rivals. We have a couple rivalries that we're in, but no real rivals. And everybody that plays us, it's a rivalry game for them. Look at what happened in the one game that we happened to slip up in. You'd have thought they won the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, it's amazing. I had someone who I will let them remain nameless say that Bobby Houck is the Darth Vader of the Big Sky Conference. I thought that was a <laughs> phenomenal description. Yeah. Because he embraces wearing the dark cape, you know, being the the evil empire, the lord of the evil empire. It's like Sean Rainey said on the show a couple weeks ago, after they uh, after Montana whipped UC Davis, he said, the evil empire is back. That's what the the players have been saying. They, yeah. they, they, cult, they relish it. The thing that's so interesting that I, I find fascinating is that Bobby Houck, the one team he will engage in this sort of conversation with is not Eastern Washington. It's not Montana State. It's Idaho. Mm-hmm. I I just find that so so rich. <laughs> well, we can mine that in I mean, two weeks. I mean, Coach Huck won't even call Montana State Montana State. He calls them Bozeman. Yeah. <laughs> or the neighbors. Whereas like last year, he said, make no mistake, Idaho is our rival. We are excited for a rivalry game yeah. in Moscow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, plenty to uh, to get through there. We got a lot of week to work through on that. Again, we got tickets for you to the uh, Grizzly Eastern Washington football game. We're going to register three more of you again today. Again, we got the kegerator giveaway as well. So we'll get to all that stuff. One thing we did not get to yesterday, though, for the most part, was the NFL. We obviously talked to Greg Bell about the Seattle Seahawks, but there's a bunch of stuff going on and a bunch of trades happening here before the deadline, uh, including former, now former Denver's wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders heading to the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll get through some of that stuff and some of the games from the weekend right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colton Juanes. Here's some sports news for you. Four Big Sky Conference teams remain in the top 10 of the most recent stats FCS Top 25 poll, including Red Hot Sacramento State. Sac State defeated its third straight ranked FCS opponent, this time dismantling number five Montana 49-22 behind quarterback Kevin Thompson's 419 yards of total offense and six touchdowns. That individual performance earned Thompson the Co-Big Sky Weekly Offensive Player Award for a second straight week and the stats FCS National player of the week honors as well it helped sac state jump from number 15 to number seven 
behind a league high or behind a league season high 328 rushing yards and four touchdowns from sophomore Josh Davis. Weber State posted a 51-28 win over Northern Arizona to hold on to number four in the poll. Montana State had a bye last week, but they still moved up three spots to number nine heading into Saturday's trip to North Dakota. And Montana fell five spots to number 10 following their first conference loss. UC Davis is number 22 this week after holding on for a 33-25 victory over Southern Utah. And finally, Montana head coach Bobby Houck reiterated that Grizz senior quarterback Dalton Snead is doubtful to play in UM's rivalry showdown against Eastern Washington Saturday. Snead is one of the leading candidates for Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year. He suffered a lower leg injury against Sacramento State Saturday. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. The NFL. What a great Monday nighter we had, huh? Close. I was. I. I we've been so busy today that I completely blacked out what actually happened last night. I was actually going to lead the show by lambasting myself for being so dumb. <laughs> I was only. Well, I shouldn't say only. I really did believe sort of what I was saying the other day, but I was also just trying to make good radio and get you to argue with me because I was just in that sort of mood. But in reality. Like, the Patriots just destroy the Jets, and I'm completely wrong. You should have taken the bet. You could have got free Noodle Express. Could have. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. You know what? I was so wrong. I'm going to buy you lunch next time we go out. Is that right? Yep. Because you should have taken the bet, and you would have won easily. Book it. You want to go to Pearl or Scotty's Tail? <laughs> we are free advertising for everybody. We are broadcasting live from uh, Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, and I don't really care if it's good. I'm sure it is. I just want you to spend the most money possible on me. You know, that's my goal. Take okay. You, take, okay. Take you to who? We'll stop. We'll stop. Um, Coulter, the Packers were dominant over the Oakland Raiders 42 24. Aaron Rodgers, 25 of 31, only completed 25 passes, still went for 429 and 5, also had a rushing TV, TD, 350 now career passing touchdowns in the, uh, uh, what, 12 years that he's been a starter uh, in the league, something like that, uh, in uh, in his career, 350 uh, hits the, that benchmark. Minnesota Vikings, a hard-fought game against Detroit, again, Detroit's better than you think, but they're just not good enough to win close games against good teams. It's sort of one of those disappointing ironies for Lions fans. It's like, it's nice to be not awful, but you're still not good enough to matter. I don't know. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Vikings, or excuse me, with the Lions right now. Sort of with the Vikings, too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just get over it. I am over it. Hey, Cousins, though. Now, this is his second, second or third straight game where he's played numerically and even on the field very well. Uh, Adam Thielen goes down with an injury in this football game. They're still throwing the ball deep. 24-34, 337, four touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 142 yards rushing, two touchdowns for him. Uh, So you are a Vikings fan. I am a Packers fan. I will ask you first. Okay. Are you turning the corner on Kirk Cousins? No. I find him lame, annoying, 
not a gamer. I think every single time he tries to exude leadership, you can see the players rolling their eyes at him. He's just a he's a high school Harry. He, as terms of purely non personality related playing, when they blast people off the ball and run the ball with authority, and Kirk Cousins can be a point guard like distributor rather than some franchise quarterback that has to win you the game, Kirk Cousins is adequate. I mean, he throws a very nice deep ball. He's an NFL quarterback. I hope so. Hmm. You know, it's not always a guarantee. <laughs> if you're getting paid the most guaranteed money in the history of the league, I hope you could throw a nice deep ball. Yeah, well, he does throw a nice deep ball. Uh, do you think the Vikings have a chance to win the NFC North? Yes, I do. What percentage would you put on it? Um, I would say they have a... 33% chance to win it. I still think that the NFC North is A, the best division in the NFC, yep. and B, the most competitive division in the NFC, and C, the most wide open in the fact that I still think that the Bears, Packers, and Vikings could all win the division. It's not the most wide open in the following respect. Green Bay is 3-0 and in the division. The Vikings are now but I still wide open. Two it's, or still, two two. it's still wide open, though, because weren't both their wins over Chicago and Minnesota in Green Bay? Uh, no, the win over Chicago was in Chicago. That's right. But their win over Minnesota was in Lambeau. It was in Lambeau. That's a fact. And really, here's the thing. The division matchups matter, but they really only matter if you end up tied. Exactly. I mean, it, you still have to play it, 10 other games. At the end of the day, you just, like, it's whoever has the best record, period, is the winner. And as far as that goes, Minnesota's 5-2, and two, right, yep. right now, and Green Bay's 6-1. and one. So this is certainly an open division as far as that goes. Uh, yes. Would the Vikings be the favorites in the NFC East? In the NFC East? The NFC East. Oh, gracious, yes. And would the Packers? Yes. And would the Bears? The Bears are, the Bears, I'm, uh, you told me, before the season started, you told all the listeners, you could go listen on the podcast, the, the Bears are taking a step back. They are not going to be nearly as good as they were last year. And you know what? That has proven to be right. I don't. I think the Bears would be, you know, a a team in the NFC East, but there's only two. And really, the way that game went on Sunday night, there's only one. I mean, the Cowboys hammered Philadelphia, hammered them. Well, Philadelphia so, lost it somewhere, somewhere, well, somewhere. Here, here, here's the thing. This is another point. This is a tangent, but I want to say it because we've been talking about offensive line play all year, and I think it's something that needs to be re-emphasized to the general NFL watching public. But the other thing about NFL play or line play, excuse me, offensive line play in the NFL, is so often your left tackle is going to be your, your highest paid player, right? Mm-hmm. In the NFL, on your offensive line. Therefore, almost every team to make the salary cap work has then their lowest paid offensive lineman as the backup. As the backup. Yeah. And when you go on the road, it is you are likely traveling two reserve offensive linemen. Yeah, seven at and usually at the most eight but, offensive but almost. Linemen. Almost always seven. seven. Yeah. So when your left tackle, like the Eagles, Jason Peters, who's a borderline, if not surefire, Hall of Famer, goes yeah. down, the drop from him to the backup is just crazy. And yeah. you see it on full display. And that's the thing. You could talk all you want, but like when, when you got a dude who doesn't have experience going against Demarcus Lawrence, it's just curtains. You're getting you're getting wasted. Doesn't matter if he gives up no sacks. He's going to give up so many quarterback hits, and the, the offense is not going to be able to operate. And holdings and everything else. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I I would say that the that the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys and Bears. I I have pretty yeah. 
equitably ranked. So would any of the three favorites in the NFC East, or excuse me, in the NFC North, be the favorites in the NFC South? No, the Saints would, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, the best teams in the NFC right now are the Saints. Uh, you have to say San Francisco at this point. Yep. But and, wouldn't you take the Packers, the Vikings over the Niners? I would. So, yes. you can agree then that the Packers and the Vikings are two of the four best teams in the NFC. Yeah, I think, yeah, two of the five at least. Here, I, I think there's still, I think there's still, we're at a point now where we can start making the assessments that we're making and having the conversation that we're having without being certain about it. Yep. And I mean, I guess that's the nature of sports to an extent, so maybe it's tautological, but the point is is that you sit here and you go, okay, six, seven weeks into the season, you can start to draw conclusions about what teams are. The Packers are good. The Vikings are good. They also have a long ways to go to prove anything, and I'm not just talking about, oh, you know, winning the division or whatever, but by week 11, when these teams are either, you know, 10 and 2 or, you know, 9 and 2, 10 and 1 or 7 and 4, you know, it's going to be, it's going to change drastically kind of where we're at. And also the second time through the lineup, right? I mean, once you start playing everybody again and you get the home and home, what is, what is Green Bay going to look like in Minnesota? That's going to be a great game. And that is the game for the division, isn't it? I mean, maybe not for the division. Let's put it like this. If Green Bay wins that game, they will win the NFC North. If Minnesota wins that game, they would be leading the clubhouse, although not certain to win the NFC North. Because Green Bay is ahead, both in terms of the head-to-head that they have and in their record overall. So beating, beating Green Bay in that scenario doesn't ensure them that they're going to win the whole thing. But Green Bay would pretty well lock it up because you're 2-0 and against the, the clearly next best team. I mean, I think clearly Minnesota's better than Chicago. And and I think that Green Bay and Minnesota, I got Green Bay being better, but not not overwhelmingly so by any stretch. I mean, the, the Vikings the, are better except for one spot. First of all, now you just told me. Now nobody's not going to say that Dalvin Jones isn't better than Aaron Jones, but Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, yeah, excuse me. But Aaron Jones is great. Is far better in relation to Dalvin Cook than people assume that he is. And by the way, the Green Bay offensive line is also better than the Minnesota offensive line. It is. And yes, the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins makes up for a myriad of ills. The Vikings are better across the board otherwise. Well, well, how much more is there? There's a whole other side of the ball. Yeah, so the Packers are better offensively. Are they? Yes. Rodgers is better offensively. Right. He's the quarterback. That is the offense. The Vikings have, and Lafleur is far better than Zimmer and anybody else. They got <laughs> Colin plays over there. Oh my gosh! Offensively, offensively, certainly. But we'll okay, see. That, well, that's what I'm talking about. That's okay. what we were talking about. I don't know though. This this pretty boy offensive coordinator, the Vikings guy. I don't even know his name. It's his first year calling plays. He's, he's uh, pretty slick looking. Their offense looks pretty darn good. Nobody's right now. better looking than Matt Lafleur. <laughs> he's short. Look at how great looking this guy is. Um, he's like Tutelian. Here's the here's going to be the kicker yeah. in the NFC North. Yeah. Well, and like you said, the division games don't really they they matter, but they don't they're not that impactful 
they're not that impactful when it comes to the final standings. Yeah. Because you have to play 10 other games. But one of the questions David wrote down here is, do I still think the Lions are good? I absolutely do. on Johnson, IR. Yeah. I think that's not that impactful, though. The Lions are good. The Lions, the Lions, they're good defensively. They're good defensively, and yeah. they're good offensively. Mm. They are. They're good mm-hmm. offensively, man. Matt Stafford's better than people think. I'd rather have Matt Stafford than a lot of dudes. I'd rather have Matt Stafford than Kirk Cousins. The Lions also have just dealt safety Quandre Diggs to the Seattle Seahawks for what that's worth. He was a Pro Bowl opponent last year as a safety Quandre Diggs for the Detroit Lions. Say it again. Quandre Diggs. To who? To the Seattle Seahawks. Hmm. And Emmanuel Sanders. Well, that's funny because what Greg Bell said on Tuesday, I said, what's a weakness? Safety. He, he said, said safety. safety. They got to have it. They dealt a seventh and a fifth round pick, it sounds like, for uh, Quandre Diggs. Uh, the other, uh, we mentioned Emmanuel Sanders goes from the Broncos to the San Francisco 49ers. This feels like baseball, man, where we're at this, like, little over third of the way through the season, and teams have to decide whether they're buyers or sellers. Well, because isn't the trade deadline now? It's like, I think it's two days. I think it's the 24th. I got to look to be sure. 29th, okay, so a week a week away. It's coming up, though. By the way, just for you playing at home, that usually, usually is the day for your fantasy trade deadlines as well. So if you're going to make fantasy trades, get them in. Uh, all right, Coulter, very good. The NFL, off and rolling. Love the NFL. Take a quick break on the other side. High school football. What happened over the course of the weekend? Who won? And what do the new polls look like? We'll give that all to you right after this. Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He you want to go to the Grizz game? He's so stagnant. He knows it's Easter Washington Saturday. Wait 90 seconds. It's To Tell Nuanes, 102.9 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. 
If you would like to uh, check us out on the social meds, we're all over it. At Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports on Twitter, at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. Uh, also, new station Instagram, at 1029 ESPN. Go check it out there. It's very, very good, very handy, very fun, and visually engaging for you. Uh, all right, Coulter. We got a pair of tickets to the Grizzly Eastern Washington football game. We're registering people, three people a day yesterday, today, and tomorrow, okay? You want to go to the game, you haven't registered yet, be one of the first three callers right now to 329-1899, 329-1899. Call in. We got tickets for you to uh, what is a rivalry game, the Grizz and the Eagles on Saturday at Washington Grizzly Stadium. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to this. Looking forward to being back in the saddle on ESPN College Game Day, the pregame show. And the tailgate party down adjacent to the walking bridge, pizzas, drinks, soft drinks, swag, everything, man, down there. Mini footballs, got it all. So uh, come on down, hang out with us at that. And uh, hey, maybe even win tickets right now. 329-1899, first three callers going. Coulter, it's time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And the... uh, uh, Montana State Media Poll uh, for the uh, uh, prep, you know, at the prep level and some of the results and things that went on this weekend. We like to do this every week. Take a look at the week that was. The big news out of last week's poll, Butte had finally edged out Billings West for that number one slot in double A, even though they're both undefeated. Butte has just been going so hot. They do have one additional win because Butte, or excuse me, because Billings had had a bye, which Butte had not had. Where are we at this week in the poll, Coulter? Butte number one again in double-A. Double-A double starting to even it tear up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Sentinel clinched a playoff spot last mm-hmm. week, so they're, they're number three. Billings West still undefeated 7-0, uh, so they're number two. Bozeman has been rock solid after the loss to Big Sky in week two. So the Hawks are at number four. And Helena Capital last week barely edged out Missoula Hellgate. It was actually impressive showing by Hellgate because I thought that Hellgate was one of the few teams that sat sort of in that middle tier. Mm-hmm. We kind of had this clear-cut top five, and then Helena Capital being one of those top five, and then Helena High, Hellgate, maybe Big Sky, maybe Billing Senior were kind of in that muddy area. They can beat they can beat the not-so-good teams. They can compete with the upper-tier teams, but Hellgate only lost that game by five, which... You know, loss is a loss, but Hellgate is in the mix. I think that they, they're going to be a team that no one wants to play when it comes to the crossover part of the playoffs. No doubt about it. In Class A, there's five teams that have also clinched the playoff spot, and not surprisingly, they're the top five teams in the state. Hamilton, Frenchtown, Dillon, Libby, and Whitefish. And already, man, I mean, the Class A playoffs are setting up to be just epic this year. Yeah, and there, there's uh, another one in the mix, too. Miles City's been undefeated. They've been the best team from the East in Class A. And out, out this way, you know, we're 10 years away from the eastern part of the state, so a lot of times the, the news from all the way out there doesn't get here as quickly. But in the Treasure State media poll this week, Hamilton number one, Miles City number two, Frenchtown three, Dillon four, Laurel five. So uh, Class A definitely competitive as well. Being Class B, Fairfield was unanimous for the whole first half of the season, but Eureka has gotten a couple number one votes the last couple weeks. Fairfield still number one, Eureka two. Manhattan solid at number three. 
Red Lions number four. They are seven and zero as well. All four of those teams seven and zero undefeated. But a new arriver into the poll, the Florence Falcons take down Loyola How about for the first that? time in a generation last, I think 17 years was the last time that Florence beat Loyola. And uh, the Falcons, 5-2, five and two, number five in this week's poll. Also probably a, a cause for concern for Loyola now because you know, they had been riding the narrative of, okay, hey, we have more losses than any team in the top five, but we also have played almost all the teams in the top five. Mm-hmm. They played Fairfield. They played Eureka. They played Manhattan. Well, now they played four. So they still have their four losses are to four of the top five teams, but that's still four losses. And that's that's uncharted territory this decade for Todd Hughes. And right. I squad. mean, if, you, if you've if you lost all four of the games to the top five team, you yourself are not a top five team. That's just that's just the reality. Right. And that's the first time Loyola dropped out of the poll this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Colt, thank you. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer's State Bank. Remember State Bank here in Montana Bank since 1907. Now, Coulter, I didn't know where or when we'd get this in. I know that we might circle back to this a little bit. But it's World Series Game 1 tonight, so we're going to spend some time on that in the second hour. We're also going to uh, go uh, to the phone lines at the top of the hour and welcome in uh, Todd Miller, who covers North Dakota, the Fighting Hawks for the North Dakota-Montana State game. Get his take on this. Sort of beat writer for the for the uh, Fighting Hawks. But it is day one of the Doggone NBA season, my friend. Two games tonight. It was supposed to be the greatest game ever between the New Orleans Pelicans and Toronto Raptors. And now, out six to eight weeks is Zion Williamson with a torn meniscus. Had surgery on it already. Uh, Very disappointing for any and every NBA fan, I would think, out there. It takes a lot of shine off the first game of the year. And then follow that up, though. Lakers-Clippers. I mean, how great is that game going to be, right? With A.D. and LeBron James and mm. Paul George and some other guy named Kawhi, this is going to be this is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait for that basketball game tonight. Going to be great. I hope you DVR it. Of course, so you're going to. So you it. can see that it is in fact possible for LeBron James to be even more ferocious and even more in shape, as I've been saying all season. Well, all off season, it, it isn't. It is. It, Just wait. He's going to be more physically impressive than we've seen in so, a long so time. So let me see if I'm understanding you correctly. Coming off his first not-made postseason in the last 10 where he hasn't even gone to the finals or whatever it is in eight times in a row, and he's had an entire offseason to rest to get his body exactly right, to work himself into a lather, that the first game back he's going to look good. Tremendous prediction by you. Mark my words. LeBron James is going to have one of the great, 20-game runs in his career to start this season, just to remind everybody. Okay. By Christmas, people are going to be talking about, here's the new thing we do in the NBA, which is actually I don't like. But we give guys, we, we anoint NBA NBA MVP frontrunners by Christmas, and we give them the award by February 1. And by the all, everything after the All-Star break is almost irrelevant, and that part is annoying. But LeBron's going to be that guy. Okay. He won't be in physically better shape bef- than he was before. And the reason is simple. It's not possible. <laughs> okay? It's not possible. You're tripping. That's it. Uh, okay. Very good. Enjoy those games. They're on TNT television. New Orleans, Toronto, 6 o'clock. L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers, 8.30. Again, DVR those games. Don't watch them live. Watch the World Series. Also, I remind everybody, too, it's the uh, Crimson Silver Scrimmages tonight. The Montana Maroon men's- Silver? Okay. Crimson. Crimson? Yeah. I mean, chartreuse. I guess that's a yellow-green. There are colors on maroon and silver. 
Anyway, there's a basketball game. Scrimmages being played at uh, the Adams Center tonight. The uh, men's and women's uh, basketball team is going to go out there and, uh, and play for everybody, get a chance to see this year's iterations of the team for the first time live and in person. It's free. Yeah. So go down and and it'd be the only chance out. to see certain players um, in live action. I mean, a player like Michael Sedman, who's a transfer from San Jose State that has to sit out this year. It's the first time people get to see him. The only time people get to see him mm-hmm. this year. So it'd be intriguing. I'm, I'm excited to also check out some of the – the incoming freshmen on both the women's and men's teams. Very excited about Jamie Pickens. Uh, we haven't had a four-star top 100 player come out of Montana in quite some time, and that's what she was touted as, and it's a huge get for the Lady Grizz to get the hell on a high product. I'm also very excited, though, to see the freshman that Travis DeCure brought in because everything that we've watched on Twitter and watched on the highlight film and that we've, we've been peeking in before Bobby Houck's press conferences and watching him practice for – Five ten minutes at a time. The last couple of weeks at the Adam Center as well. The freshmen are really really talented. Can they figure out the system? Because as we know, Travis Takir loves him some structure. So we'll see. Yes, he uh, does. What sort of returns we get from the uh, the freshmen like DJ Carter Hollinger and Kyle Owens, Josh Vasquez tonight for the men. Very good. Hour number one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.